Geekly Yoked is a proud member of the Crossover Nexus. To find more blogs and podcasts about the intersection of faith and pop culture, check out crossovernexus.com. Tell them Bilbo sent you. So many ways to say I love you in different languages across the land. You haven't heard them all, so I'll tell you as only a true geek can. Hello and welcome to Geekly Yoked, the world's best married Christian geek podcast. As always, I'm Lehman Kessler. And I'm Rachel Kessler. That's Mother Rachel Kessler. I am still not technically a priest in the Episcopal Church, but I... Going to be! I'm going to be at some point! I'm a woman without a church. Oh, just right now. I've been rejected there. by one, not yet to be accepted by another. I abide in a meaningless liminal space. I'm but not I'm... an Anglican, <laughs> not yet Episcopalian. But I am the chaplain at Kenyon College. And I am an H.P. Lovecraft impersonator and stay-at-home dad, and I get to give a talk about racism tomorrow. That's what we're doing? I mean, you signed me up for this. <laughs> I did. So let's let's not look at me with such uh, such questioning eyes, Rachel. You're being upstaged by the spooky dessert. There is spooky dessert, which most people seem interested in more than my conversation about portraying a white supremacist. Man, I should probably do some sort of preparing for that. Isn't it just kind of like your default at the moment? I, I can I can talk at length. It's very true. So yeah, we'll see how it goes and just uh, what people think about it. Excellent. But, what, what else has been going on in your geek fortnight? Uh, let's see. Has anything gone on in our geek fortnight? No. No? Just staring at Christmas trees that we've yet to take down? We should really tear our Christmas tree down. But we're waiting till Candlemas something? That's just an excuse I tell myself. Henry VIII did it? I'm not sure that's actually historically accurate. I think it's like a folk tale that people tell about, like, the leaving of greens up until Candlemas, but it at least comforts me in my moments when I sit here on January 23rd and have not taken down my tree. Fair enough. I'll tell you what I have done, which is what prompted this this whole topic for this evening. I finished a book. You finished a book! I read and finished a oh, book. Oh, that's so cute! I know. I read a book over Christmas, too. See, there we go. Uh, I'm so proud of me. It, it it just it doesn't happen very often anymore. Oh, I know. I was literally as think sitting down to talk about the show. I was like, "What books did I read in 2015?" And I I don't know. I don't. I couldn't recall any. Like it, it took me. I'm sure I must have. I'm sure I must have read something. But anyway, that is what we're going to be talking about: is reading and how, how we don't do it anymore. How we don't do it anymore, and sort of the. Uh, I guess uh, continuing in the vein of of guilty pleasures, guilty confessions. Just, yeah, it's a new true year. confessions. It's just a it's a purging. But I think just but but I think we're also both committed to trying to read more. We are, and I think there is this idea of you know just sort of a general virtue of reading, but, but like a virtue of reading, but also something we both enjoy. Like I am so happy when I read. All right, well, let's talk about the, the books that we finished reading. You tell about the one you finished over uh, So Christmas. I finished reading uh, Neither Have I Wings, the second book by our good friend Alice Deegan. Oh, yes. Her first book being uh, From All False Doctrine. She is cornering the niche market on Anglo-Catholic historical... Supernatural. Supernatural... Romance. Romance. <laughs> Delightfulness. Thrillers? 
They're delightful is what they are. Yes, it's true. Um, this one was very different than uh, From All False Doctrine, but I, like, I really enjoyed it. And I think uh, she picks up on a minor character from All False, Doct- False Doctrine and runs with it. Um because it's now, it's set during World War Two. Yes. Okay, so is that how much after From like All Falls Doctrine was that? 20 years. Okay, so pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, oh, because the main character was a, was a, was a veteran kid, of World yeah. War One. Yes. Right, okay. And um, I am now reading Octavia Butler's Wild Seed because I am trying to diversify my science fiction palette. Very nice. And I've read, I mean, I've, I, I have read other things in the last year. I don't know what I can list of things I've read. I was really racking my brain. I was like, I read that. No, I think that was in 2014 when I read that one. Because I, I, but I, I am committed this year to read. I feel like, I mean, part of the problem is like I hate to say it, but part of the problem is having a kid, and you're just so. By the time I think part of why reading just has become this thing that's hard to happen anymore is that by the time you get through bedtime. And the kid is put down and you're finally, th- it's just, you're so exhausted that it's so much easier to just turn on the TV and do something, especially if I've had like church stuff going on. Yeah. Or if I'm out for the evening, um, then to read a book because I inevitably fall asleep. I fall asleep watching TV too, but yes. that doesn't feel as transgressive as falling asleep <laughs> reading. Or well, it doesn't feel as pathetic as falling asleep. Well, and I reading. used to be able to read a little bit more when I was staying home with Amanda. Back when we were just sort of hanging out in her nursery and she was kind of wombling about. And I could just sort right. of have a book and be sort of, you know, aware of her and, and minding her. But Now she doesn't let you read. She tells you to put your book away. She does. Um, oh, see, I also read, I also read uh, the first um, big omnibus volume of Why the Last Man. Of, of recently. Well, see, yeah, I, I was about to say, a saga, I started Saga this year, so there's some comic books yeah. and graphic novel stuff that uh, I read. I wasn't sure if we were going to count comic books. I feel like. Well, and here's the thing, and, and I talk about how we don't, we haven't read a lot, we haven't read a lot of books. The truth of the matter is, I read a lot. I'm reading a lot all day. It's just, I'm reading random articles and, like, yeah. things on Facebook that, like, you know, get shared. Like, I'm reading Ta-Nehisi Coates' amazing, like, sort of... Not even skewering of Bernie Sanders, but like, oh really? But like, sort of like pushing of Bernie Sanders, and it's amazing to see the response to it because mm. he's essentially he's using it, I think, really for rhetorical purposes more than like actual like a yeah. political agenda. But essentially, Bernie Sanders takes the mantle of radical and says, "I'm a radical. I'm transformative. We need a transformative radical politics." And then Tanahasi Coates says, "Okay, then do you support reparations? Do you support incredibly?" powerful and systemic rearranging of, you know, American structure to deal with the legacy of white supremacy. And suddenly Bernie Sanders and his campaign says, well, we have to be realistic and, you right. know, like, oh, my heart goes out, but really we need to focus on other things. And yeah. Donna Hussey Coates says, this is the problem. You you know, even r- white radicalism yeah. can't make a place for how we actually deal with things in black communities. And, and it's, and it's a, and, and it's so funny because people say, well, well, Hillary Clinton's not doing these things. And he's like, that's your point. Do you yeah. want to be compared to Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton isn't claiming to be transformative and radical. Yeah. She is claiming to just be hewing the the moderate line. So it's a really, it's been very fascinating to see. But that's the thing, right? I am reading. Well, and I'm, you read so much that's like really, I mean, you read so much of The Economist. You wow, read so mm. much. Well, there was a time. <laughs> I, I, get, I get The Economist. There was Economist. a time when you read so But I feel like you read stuff of quality. I feel like... 
I allow my device to uh, get me reading whatever articles come up, which might be interesting, but they might not be all that substantive and they might not be what I should most importantly be reading to better my mind and my perspective on the world. And that's my struggle is I find myself like it's so easy to click that link because it seems vaguely interesting, but really there's better things that I could be doing or engaging with. Maybe. And this is my this is my struggle. But you also you but you will do a lot more kind of community reading, I feel like. How do you, what, like like I feel reading. like you read stuff that like everyone in in either your clergy groups are reading yeah. or like you're you're involved in kind well, of Well, and I think that's the and I think that's the question. I mean, there is something to be said for it is the question we, rather than beating ourselves up for not reading as much. And there's a question of are we talking about reading novels or are we talking about like for me are we talking about reading substantive books of theology and I do have my reading list that I want to get to that I'm not necessarily getting to. But especially when it comes to that question of, you know, reading more like substantive theological works, is a lot of that conversation shifting to online media, blogs, uh, articles, things that are getting shared around. And is that is that a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Is it an indifferent thing? Like, is, is reading... Is reading things coming around the blogosphere okay? Or is that, you know, is there something still to be said for... for Sitting down and reading the patristics? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's what I'm not doing. And it's okay to have the commentary and have... And to be up on what the conversation is happening. And I think as a priest, it is important to do that. And it's important for me to understand... And to be engaged in the issues that people are talking about and have some sense of the larger conversation that's going on. But it's also incredibly important for me to be doing the substantive reading and challenging myself and being really articulate in the the theological groundwork so that I can engage in those positions from a place of education. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's that that trying to find that balance between reading quote unquote substantial works and reading kind of communal works and then just reading so that your brain doesn't explode. And reading fiction, right? And and part of it is just like I love I love reading and I love getting into a book and I don't know why I am keeping myself from doing that. And I think it does like I don't know. I think energy is definitely a part of it. And But one thing I wanted to look at, I guess I should mention the book that I've just finished reading uh, is a book written by one of my friends, uh, David Nichols' Utopia. And it's a really creepy, cool horror story set in the 1910s. And it's all dealing with eugenics and race in a really interesting, like, substantial way. But it is just a horror book written by one of my friends that he gave me right before I left. And I have a lot of these books by my horror writer friends. But I think that's—there's the, no reason to—and this is, this is my defense of so there's no reason to denigrate fiction as if reading fiction or even reading fiction written by our friends is somehow less than doing other forms of reading. That's that's true. I don't want to go down that road. I mean, you just picked up Louis Master Bujold's latest um, for Kosekin book. Yeah. And, I mean, I want to—like, I want to— finally read the shepherd's crown and finish off the terry pratchett oh, novels yeah. and like i and i've got a ton of octavia butler for christmas and i want to i'm i'm, I'm reading wild seed right now and it's really fascinating um a very different type of science fiction and i 
I'm enjoying that, but it's also hard. I, I keep falling asleep when I sit down to read. Yes. Which probably <laughs> speaks to my energy level, probably speaks to the fact that I do need more sleep. And I fall asleep when I sit down to watch TV too. I just, again, to go back to my previous comments, I don't feel as much like I'm failing myself when I fall asleep watching TV than when I fall asleep reading. Well, so here's what I wanted to bring up. At what point in your life can you look back on and see that you were just plowing through books? Like when were you at your most sort of, I don't know, readery? Because for me, I'll tell you, like it's, you know, like I think back to like when I was in college and stuff like that, but like a specific time when I was reading a lot, when I was reading like tons of books at a go was my year in London. Mm. My year in London like, that was when I started re really reading the Game of Thrones books. That's when I was reading Harry Potter. That's when I read Gormenghast. And I was reading, again, a lot of these were books I was just going For back and forth. For me, it was forth. probably the year I was abroad as well because I was ridiculously lonely and I lived in a... <laughs> In a sad, I lived in a sad house cut off from everyone else in my program that didn't actually have like a phone line or internet. I was living in a house that didn't have internet in 2003. How did that happen? Wow. How did that happen? Wow. Well, we didn't, we didn't have internet in our flat either. Um, That's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, so I just had no one to communicate with and I was, and I had like, I had no one to communicate with and I had a handful of DVDs that I could play in my Region 1 DVD player on my laptop. <laughs> and I had a few, um, I mean, I had like a nine gigabyte hard drive That's right. on my laptop. So I had like this handful of DVDs. I think it was like a couple, I think I had, I think I had like Blackadder and maybe some, some, Buffy and some episodes of Buffy or something. And I had some like episodes of Buffy downloaded on my laptop. And that was, and, and so like I read a lot um, I think I also read, I mean, I think, I feel like I also read a lot in undergrad. Um, but I, and this is where I, I, it goes back to the TV, it goes back to the books versus TV thing. I went, like, I remember being a little bit jealous of some of my good friends in high school whose parents didn't let them watch TV because I do feel like they plowed through more books than I did. And I just lacked that discipline to, to read, which is, again, the stupid thing, because I love to read, and it's this weird, this is the Turning human, it into a chore? It's No, but it's the human condition. We do not do <laughs> that which we know makes us happy. We are, we, we sabotage our own ends. Well, I'm going to let you know, as someone whose mom and dad wouldn't let them uh, watch TV during school days, I still wasted all my time playing computer games. And yes, but you have such a rich <laughs> inner life. <laughs> um... Well, maybe that was it. Maybe it was the fact that we just didn't have internet, so we were forced to read. Although I did have British television when I was uh, spending my time in London, and I watched a lot of British television mm. because it made me so happy. But I do wonder, though, because I read I read a lot in transition. Like, I, re I used to read a lot walking. <laughs> that mm. was my big thing, was reading and walking. Uh, but, like, reading on the bus, reading on the yeah. subway, uh, reading... Oh, I would waiting. do a lot of... Re when I The summer I did CPE and I was commuting out to Scarborough, I read a lot. That was the time that I missed my stop at Lawrence oh. West Station because I was reading <laughs> Paladin of Souls and very engaged by the Lewis Master Bujold. And I also got in trouble. I got yelled at by my CPE because all CPE groups really exist to do is tell you what's wrong with you. Fair enough. Um, and I got told that I was putting up barriers and defenses against the rest of the group because I always walked in reading a book. Mm. And I was like, no, I just, I ran on the subway and the bus and I just wanted to get as much out of it as I could before I had to start dealing with you 
people. So maybe there was <laughs> yeah. a church. Um, well, and yeah, I and didn't I, like CP. Either I know much. you didn't like CP. Well, it's just it's just a, you know a, it's a gauntlet. Yeah. Well, and I and I think I mean the phone has definitely swallowed up those those moments of transitions, those sort of like those moments of waiting. You know, when you're in, uh, you know, when you're at the doctor's waiting for something or you're yeah. in line somewhere, you just like, because I think back to when we went to Disney World. Oh, I, yeah. We read in the lines. And I didn't have a smartphone then. So when like we were in line, I would pull up back then. I was reading, I think, House of Sand and Fog. Yeah. <laughs> which was a strange book to read while waiting to go on Buzz Lightyear's shoot 'em up ride. Um, but now, I mean, because because the smartphone is, uh, you know, combined with Facebook, just instantly sort of reconnects you you know as, as my the the mental image i try to keep in mind is of jacking into like the borg a little bit <laughs> kind of the, the the borg hive mind uh and uh, and it definitely replace it, it replaces that time just that raw sort of time yeah. that would have you know i would have sort of kept a rolled up book um with me or in my pocket i mean my my I used to joke that our family motto was Semper Librum Habite, you know, always have a book. And I, you know, I used to make it a requirement that any book I purchased had to fit in my coat pocket mm. because I was going to take it everywhere and read it everywhere. And I've looking at my jackets, they do not have books in them. They've got poop bags for Bilbo. And uh, spare diapers? Uh, I don't think I have a spare diaper. I, used, I was doing that for a while, trying to be clever and keep a spare diaper on me. Um, but but no, I just I just don't have that like oh I have five minutes I'm going to yeah. read or oh uh, I got to lunch early and folks are still on their way I'm going to read I don't, like those little you know paper cuts uh, pun intended of reading mm-hmm. uh, I don't really get done anymore and that's so so yeah you have to be a lot more mindful you have to as opposed to just being like oh well I have the book I might as well read mindless reading you have to be like okay I need to set aside time. I need to okay close the computer and, and or even or even in those mindless moments choose to read and not plug get, into the hive mind. But I'm just saying, but even that requires intentionality. I have to think yeah. to put oh, a right. book yeah. in my jacket again. Yeah. I have to you know carry a book or with to me. even be reading a book. I think that's one thing that struck me about my life in the last couple of years is there used to be a point when there was never not a book that I was reading. Oh yeah, and now there are points when I am just not actively reading a book. It is um yeah and it's and it's and it's a shame because I think there is something about just reading about having a book that you're sort of working on and plowing through and even if it takes you sort of months or even if you stop if you like there are a lot of books I haven't finished you know there are books I sort of yeah. started and then put down I I have started I have started the unseen academicals <laughs> I think I finally <laughs> so just I think times. I finally didn't I don't know if I can like justify it as saying that I finished that book but yeah. like I I read. I perused it enough that I feel like I ultimately read, like I, I finally got around to reading the end of it, yeah. but I skipped a bunch in the middle. Um, but I don't know. I think like, I think part of why we're talking about this is that this is kind of our new year's resolution. If we have a new year's resolution, uh, yeah. it's sort of for me. I, I just, I, mean, I want to, I want to be intentional. Like I, and I want to be intentional, not because I like, I feel like I should be reading more, although I do feel like I should be reading more, or I I want to be the kind of person that reads more, but that fundamentally I know that I enjoy reading and it's part of what makes me who I am and I need to be, it's like a self-care thing. Well, maybe we can, we can use the podcast now as a way 
to, to like to, hold ourselves accountable. So, so you know, we, we we mentioned the book that we're reading, and if we're still reading it, and you then, know, then two shame. weeks or 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 if, you know, you guys can keep track of us at home. So yeah, so you're currently reading Wild Seed which by is, Octavia Butler, which of course uh, is is a political statement <laughs> towards your Lovecraft fans. It 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 is a political statement, and I'm very excited that you're you're making it, uh, and I look for and and the fact that we've put it on the bookshelf so that it's visible. The context being that there is a rally of people to replace uh, Lovecraft's World Fantasy, like the World Fantasy So yeah, Award. Lovecraft has been stricken from the World Fantasy Award. And, and there's people that want to replace him with Octavia Butler. Yeah, yeah. There was a big petition to remove Lovecraft and the substitute uh, put forward uh, by uh, Daniel Jose Older, I believe, was to put Octavia Butler on the grounds that not I, a, I want, I'm about 100 pages into this book and I feel like there's a lot of um, I there, there's some really interesting things happening. I mean, it's it it's about someone coming to Africa to take a woman whose power he wants to harness for his own ends back to the New World, right? So there's there's this really like interesting slavery colonialism allegory element. I don't know want to say allegory, but like overtones, very clear. Yeah. In the novel, and I'm interested to see where that goes, um, and just this this you know this idea of harnessing another person's power and and fear of the other person's power and his, his like the the male character's desire for the female character's power at, as much as he also fears her power, right? And this this there's just a lot of gender stuff. There's a lot of racial stuff going on, um, but. It, there's there's a lot of mecha- like there's a lot of the characters inner monologues describing the mechanisms of their respective powers oh it's going of... on and so i'm i'm waiting for i'm waiting to see how this plays out but there's uh, there's a little bit of a is it a, is it a little ayn randy and that everyone is sort of like talking in these prepositional no 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 no, no. i mean the dialogue no 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 the okay. dialogue is very good okay. and the no no like the, the interactions are like the characters are fully human I'm just saying that there feels there there there's some getting caught up in the mechanics of their own like okay like their own power dynamics. If I were to you know if I were to kill her, I could take her body, but I could not actually take her power because that's not how my my Magic. power works. Okay. I can my my you know, and so it just it's I want to get past the like world pseudo building? yeah the world building of it and okay. into. And that's, I mean, that's just one of my, th- I, I tend to get, I tend to get, get annoyed by excessive world building more so than, I don't even think it's necessarily the world building, because it's not world building, but it's like focusing on the intricacies and operation of the characters, like superpowers. Oh, okay. I see. Right? Do you want know, mecha- no, the I mechanics, yeah. logistics, I get like that. there's just something about, I feel like we just, we spin, or are spinning in that a little bit and I want to move beyond it see where it goes okay yeah I, i'm i'm reading uh Bujold's, uh, lo- uh newest book uh which is gentleman joel and the red queen and it's it's not my favorite of our again so far it's taking it it as well is taking a while to kind of build up steam i'm interested in seeing where it goes like there's i'm enjoying it i think more than i was enjoying uh the last one captain vorpatril's what was it assignment or alliance alliance uh, I'm, I'm because he's it. allied with the girl with the giant knockers, who's always thinking about how <laughs> giant her knockers are, or something. That that was definitely the the one that felt ghost written by a dude. 
Um, but I'm also reading another one of uh, another book by a friend of mine, which is very, very different, and I'm I'm really enjoying, uh, which is The Pleasure Merchant, which is a sort of restoration romp, mm. and uh, by my friend Molly Tanzer, and it is ridiculous, and it involves wigs. And so it is a nice it is a nice break both from like intense science fictional ponderings and the like intense eugenics horror of the previous book I was reading. All right. So, so that's where I'm currently at. If I'm still reading these books in two weeks' times, then you'll know that we're I'm not keeping to my resolution. Or you know, or just life is life is just taking its course. Rachel. Okay. It's just taking its course. We just gotta we just gotta flow. And not read while we're flowing, apparently. <laughs> Uh, speaking of not reading, I need to go say Compline. That's right. With my students. Oh, that's now that is something I need to be reading is Bible anything. Yeah, personal devotion. Doing Compline again. That was a good time. I miss doing our, our evening Compline. Oh, well, we can do that. It is a very, it is a nice, for those who are, are unaware, Compline is a, a very simple but powerful way to end the day. Yeah, sort of evening Commending prayer. yourself to God. But it's also, it's, it's, and it's, but it's, it's communal. Right? Like yeah. you could just sort of sit down and do kind of a now I lay me to sleep sort of mm. situation. Like there's a kind of a call and response and there's an interconnectedness. And I think that's, you know, that's why I don't beat myself so much about, you know, spending as much time on Facebook and not reading is because I'm connecting. I'm not just sort of taking in things Well, you do a really, you're really great on Facebook. I still struggle with social media because I'm fundamentally an introvert and I can like do the things I need to do as a priest and like get up and, and preach and, and be, and like teach. But then when it comes to... But then, then I get really tired, and then I just want to <laughs> curl up in a ball and watch Gallivant. And so it's hard for me. I really struggle with that level of social media engagement because I just get to that whole, oh, I could say this, but it doesn't really matter. I don't yeah. really want to. And whenever I do engage in social media, then it ends up taking way too much energy to like carry on whatever conversation <laughs> I got started. And so I just, I find, I find, and maybe like this is an introvert extrovert thing, but I find social media drains me. And I think you actually are succeeding in building a community around it. We'll find out. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so this is going to be a shorter episode. We're going to put on some, um, some Debs and Arrow. I had to watch Gallivant first and then I had to go meet my students for Compline. Yeah. So we had just, a we're, small we're, window. We're, we're going to see how this works. But uh, yes, uh, for the most part, uh, I have priorities. You do have priorities. But uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what folks are reading as well and kind of what your strategies for continuing to read and keeping yourself reading. In the midst of the vagaries of life. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And also it would just be cool to learn about new books and just, uh, I don't know, keeping that, that, that sense of community alive. Like I'm not interested in being in a book club or anything. Right. But I do like the shared world of reading and the excitement of reading, right? There is something about, you know, you can go back and listen to our evangelization episode, yes. but there is something about wanting to share a good book, which is different from wanting to share TV or a movie or something like that. Truth. So uh, that's where we're going to end you guys off. Thank you so much for listening. From the world of faith, family, and fandom in no particular order, geek out, y'all. Oh
है 